What do you want from me? My head on a plate? No, just your base. If we huck that in my sacks, we could get at least two. Are you out of your mind? We're up the creek and you want to huck the paddle. I want you to think I'm a drinker. I can stop any time I want to, only I don't want to, especially when I'm blue. We understand. All the girls drink. It's just that I'm the one that gets caught. Story of my life. I always get the fuzzy end of the lollipop. I like the idea of us arguing for who's going to host episodes. I think that's fun. Instead of the other way around, if it's like, no, it's your turn. He's like, no, no, it's my turn. It can always be your turn if you like. Fight. There you go. My gift to you. If you want me to. I just think you do it better. If you want me to, my friend, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, shush you. It's like when the court jester comes on before the king. You know. Ha 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 ha. There he is with his little bells ringing and his uh, can of. Kestrel, whatever, or whatever his skull you're drinking there. <laughs> kind of Kestrel. Kestrel. Does that even exist anymore? I don't know. Smokey, you're the beer drinker, not me. I drink. F- I, I, I drink have wine. no idea. Kind of want one now, though. Do you remember Barbican? I mean, vaguely. Everyone enjoys an eight oat. Thanks to Barbican, the alcohol free lager, so can I. It's brewed as a lager, it looks like a lager, and it tastes like a lager. But without the alcohol. It's great, man. Enjoy life. Enjoy Barbican, the alcohol free lager. Barbican was non alcoholic beer, and it was um, a big thing back in the 80s when I was growing up. There was there was Barbican, and I'm pretty sure it was Kestrel as well. I, and it was, I remember um, Labatt's. Labatt's uh, did a not, uh, non-alcoholic one. Okay. But basically, I was obsessed with being a grown-up when I was younger. And I, was, I was born in you know the late 70s, so in the 80s, um, when I got sent to stay at my nan's like every other weekend, you know, I'll go and stay with your nan, your dad and I want to, you know, have, have a, you know, yeah, sex. So um, <laughs> um, I got sent to stay with my nan, and I would go there, and I would, and she would say she was Latvian as well, and she would say, "What would you like from shops?" And I would say, "Oh, okay, cream cheese, please," because I, I always, love cream always, cheese. Nope, always nope, forget that your nan was uh, 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 Nazimova from uh, Shadow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just do an impression of my nan. Eat your cheese. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she used to say to me all the time. At the rose bush. Um, <laughs> what you do? Blow your nose. Oh, she used to make me blow my nose into her hand. Oh, <laughs> dude. Yeah. I have a twisted family history. Anyway, so she used to say, what would you like to eat? And I used to say chocolate. And she would okay. And then I would say cream cheese, because I used to like cream cheese on toast. <laughs> Okay, and could you get me that? some barbican? She was like, "What is barbican?" And I would say, "It's um, it's a drink, but it's in a can. It looks like beer, but it's not beer. If you look, there's no alcohol in it." She would go, "Okay, barbican." Like, so she would go to the shops. And she would Soinch, yeah, yeah, Soinch, buddy. She would go, and she would come back with a little no, shopping trolley, Aww. cans of barbican for me. I was like eight years old and sitting in the car just drinking these cans of barbican. Tastes like it's not at all. It would have been better if it was like your tenant super, like my dad was drinking. <laughs> well, yeah, we've all been there. But I, I, I mean, I remember my my grandpa used to uh, buy us uh, shandy bass in cans. Oh, I just love that shandy was, bass. Yeah, yeah, it was gorgeous. And that, yeah, that's what we used it to was. have when we were kids to make us feel like what? grown-ups. Nothing better than shandy bass and a packet of salt and vinegar crisps in a beer garden on a, on like you know a Saturday afternoon. 
uh, when you're a kid. Running around on a, on a climbing frame, get off, have a cold glass of Shandy Bass and some salt money of Christmas. Something about it. Beautiful. Are they, are they still your your go to uh, uh, crisp sandwich filling? Salt vinegar. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> and there's so, there's something about beer and salt vinegar crisps. I can't quite. There's something that I, I, I think it's sensory. I think it's like yeah, it just it's takes the me salt back and to the being... acidity to cut through the that mm. that that thing of the beer i mean it works hey look i'm not i'm not disagreeing with you i think it's a wonderful combination i just remember you telling me that ages ago that that was your thing that you mm. would sit down with uh was it about once a week with a salt and vinegar crisp sandwich <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i haven't had a salt and vinegar crisp sandwich for a while i'm i'm not allowed well, i'm allowed but i'm i'm not supposed to eat carbs or consume uh, carbs now. I'm, I'm a very, a very regulated gentleman these days. Um, uh, uh, what by, by, by the say, government or <laughs> by my doctor? Actually. Oh, <laughs> I'm oh, only allowed certain things on certain days. He's a Tory. Um, he's I a get, Tory mole. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, if you overindulge and r- you ruin it for yourself, yeah. then uh, then someone comes along and, and wags a finger at you and tells you what you can enjoy and when. And this is the problem I'm having, or have been having all year. Mm. So I'm I, I'm on a treat day today, so I'm allowed a glass right. of wine today, which I'm doing so. And um, I have to watch what I eat. But I've lost a lot of weight. I've lost two stone. It's cool. Um, and I good. would say anyone who's looking to get... Oh, thank you. If anyone's looking to get into the beer and sort of a crisp game, I would say Ramsbury Red Ram Lager... And Piper's Salt and Vinegar Crisps. That combination is absolute heaven. Fair so Seek them out. Anyway, how are you? I assume we've started the show. Oh, we have ages ago. Ages ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The whole barbican it's, chat. I, People are going to... Well, <laughs> the thing is, right, is that I... I the, the way I look at it now, especially with this show, uh, out of the myriad of shows that you and I do, is that... <laughs> this is the only one that you bitch at me, especially, of that you don't like that usual podcast pre-ramble of sort of, oh, how are you? How are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. So I'd like to just start it by talking about nothing. I, I just think mm. if you just start it, then, you know, that's that's a good way to go because you skip all that pre-ramble. Yeah, I especially like an unregulated start when you're editing, such as yeah. this episode. <laughs> it, is, it, it, is, it is my turn to edit. It's up to you to find the end point. Well, which people will realise straight away without the um, the most random cutting in of the most annoying song in the world ever. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Mamma Mia, for once. Mamma Mia! Uh, I'm, talking, <laughs> I'm talking about the My Mother song. Dear me. Oh, yeah. You, you did not put that, that in, yep. didn't you? <laughs> I did, yeah. I just thought <laughs> it was fun. And um, apologies for the 70s sitcom beginning for the last time I was... You know, uh, lightheaded in that moment. So I, just I, 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 I was delighted to hear your beautiful singing voice. So, what can no, I no one heard it anyway. So don't worry, no one's hearing this. <laughs> you know, I, 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 do you know what? I, I <laughs> normally I would let that go, <laughs> but I'm, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give some context to uh, to the people listening. Adam claims that everyone downloads this show, but no one actually listens to it. <laughs> So true. <laughs> so, can you all please prove him wrong? Can you like, like, give him a poke on Facebook, like it's the nineties? 
or something like that. Because uh, you, you all send messages out to people now and, and say, I'll poke at him because there's this thing in the show. And they'll mm-hmm. go, okay, and then they'll poke me on the thing. And I'll go, oh, people listen. Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone, I will randomly quote some digits all the way through this show. And um, you have to poke me with all six digits. The first digit is nine. There you go. We're not in an episode of Lost, okay? There's, Just to make it slightly more. There's slightly a reference for the kids. <laughs> you, you know, although I'm saying, what am I talking about? This is a Golden Age cinema podcast. <laughs> I'm not exactly reaching for the millennial market, are we? My word. Anyway. However, though, I, I will say this, though, despite despite your preference for uh, filling the the last episode with that bloody song, it, it was wonderful. And uh, it sounds like a lot of people actually went away and watched that film, which is, is nice, to, nice mm. to hear, nice to see. That's good. Having gone to, gone away to watch that film without having listened to our episode telling you why you should watch it, that's quite impressive. But what I will say is <laughs> expect to hear that song way more in this episode because even though nope. you might be I'm editing, editing it, yeah, but I'm, I'm editing it. It's, 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 it, is not, it is not appearing in this. <laughs> that's what you think. It's got to go through me, sir. Oh, no. <laughs> I forgot we're on Note your server self. now. Note to Damn self. It. Note to self. Insert. Oh, well, you know. Smokey, you love that song anyway, don't you? And if you love it, it will play right now. <laughs> so it hasn't played then. <laughs> <laughs> this is not how we I saw this jokes. Going. <laughs> we have all these jokes with ourselves. No one's hearing them, but we have them anyway. <laughs> I, 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 unlike you, have faith in our listeners. So I, I know they're listening. Well, it won't matter because that bit won't be going in the show. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't re-edit my edit. That's just unethical. <laughs> it's unethical. Yes. Oh, good heavens, man. What's unethical? Sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing unethical. I don't know what he's talking about, listeners. All of a sudden, we went from hearing the mother song again, as requested by Smokey. As you heard earlier on, <laughs> to smoke you calling me unethical for some reason. <laughs> Enjoy your edit. <laughs> you literally just gave me a stick take. Ass. Anyway. <laughs> hey, do we have any correspondence? Has anyone got in touch? No. Funny that. <laughs> Amazing. It's because of you. You <laughs> jinxed it all. That's why. Yeah, it's not because no one listens. Nope. <laughs> they download. They don't listen. <laughs> I'm joking. They all listen. Hey, everyone. <laughs> oh, I do know people listen. Um, people listen because they generally get in touch to say, uh-huh. "Oh, I heard you talking about a film, and wasn't that great film actually?" So, there you go. Yeah. See, that's nice, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I told you, people listen to Mercury, right? <laughs> don't, don't, don't. What? <laughs> what? What were you saying earlier on? People don't listen. They do. Trust me. <laughs> Enjoy your edit. <laughs> 
Sorry, I won't, I won't do it anymore. It's fine. You see, the thing. <laughs> you see, the thing is, is that I am going to have such fun editing this, and it's all going to backfire on you spectacularly. <laughs> it's going to be Iron Maiden all the way through. Mm, that's going. <laughs> oh yeah, like you'll take the time to listen to it before you release it. Yeah, I will this time. <laughs> So much maiden. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Let's talk about a film. Okay, let's do that. Because, um, (laughs) uh, you know, behind the curtain, unbeknownst to the listener, we have actually been online for an hour and a half now. uh, No, crikey. We've been chatting for hours. (laughs) I know. Well, we had a lot of catching up to do. It's been a while. We did, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, we are here. To talk about 1959, Sun Like It Hot. Now, yeah, a, a film uh, with a very personal connection to you, right? Absolutely, yes. Um, so it was my uh, my old man. It was his. It's his. It was his favorite movie of all time, uh, and he sadly passed away a couple of months ago. Um, but not only that. I mean, that's a wonderful reason anyway to do this. But not only that. It's because we briefly mentioned it in the last episode. Is that these kind of films? These sort of the more well known of the golden age, yeah, yeah. Mm. You you tend to the stay biggies. away from them, even though you've mm. been talking about golden age cinema now podcasting the same time, uh, pretty much the same amount of time as I have, uh, ten years. And yeah. and I find that really interesting as well. And and I like that you stick away from that. In fact, we got a message uh, from a listener <laughs> uh, uh, not too long ago uh, saying it's going to be very interesting interesting to to hear you talk you talk about this because you do like your b movies uh especially when it comes to to golden age so yeah and and we mm. briefly touched on it uh in the last episode that you uh you had a golden age box set wasn't it and this was part of it yeah it was one of the it was one of the ones that <clears throat> when i first got into old films mm. i was like oh what's good to, to get and it was you know one of those films that appears on what are good old films to watch first? Yeah. And some like it hot. Generally regarded to be the, the funniest film of all time, you know, and there was North by Northwest and Psycho and things like that. And so I tended to stray towards those big lists, which is why I it's watched It's do. a Wonderful Life. Yeah, it is what you do. You, yeah. you sort of say, what else is good? And um, you, you start you off with Casablanca. The advice. <laughs> you go on, yeah. To, you go on a vertigo. You go you straight know, you from go Casablanca to the Brighton Strangler. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you but you do don't you? Any any new medium that you're taking a fancy to, you say, oh, what else is good? And people say this, 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 and this. Sure. And if you hear the same thing coming up. Uh, a lot of times, but but as I say, as I said to you last time, uh, sound like it hot was you know from years ago recommended to me as funniest film of all time i bought it very early uh, watched it wasn't impressed with it but saying that i was a 19 year old 18 year old kid who was looking for something so that was only that 5 years ago wow <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> well, diet's working. <laughs> Couldn't resist it. Thank you. <laughs> it's the uh, the backward cap, isn't it, that's doing it for me. Um, yeah. You look like you're in East 17. <laughs> what, what, now? <laughs> <laughs> or, or back in the day? 
<laughs> back in the day. I don't know which is worse, to be honest. <laughs> um, Sorry. Um, yeah, anyway, I watched this film um, and I, I didn't find it as funny as I, I think I was supposed to. I didn't get the references. Um, I saw Marilyn Monroe and I think she would. I mean, it's generally regarded to be not a film where she's at her, shall we say, peak prowess, yeah, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, I didn't, I didn't get the whole what what is Tony Curtis doing with his voice. I came away from it thinking, really, that's the funniest film of all time, and I've shelved it ever since. And mm. and any time anyone's ever said to me, oh, some like it hot, I've always said, yeah, I wasn't that impressed. So I, I I think with the passage of time, I have come to think it's a film I need to revisit, which mm. was. Well, I was kind of glad um, oh. that you recommended it this time because it, it gave me a good excuse to go back and revisit it. And as I said to you, I finished watching it five minutes before we got on this call. Yeah. I have lots Which to is say. two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> How much to say on this film? Um, good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what we both come out with. Hmm. I, there's something else I wanted to touch on as well, which is that uh, it, it reminded me earlier which is in the very early days of Attaboy Clarence, uh, when you were doing your, uh, when you, it was around when you very first started doing the, the question pot. And, mm. uh, and I was just a, you know, a, a, a fair weather friend and sort of say, and, and I put in a question. And it was, mm. uh, it was marry, kiss, make love, I think it was. And it was between Audrey, Jane Mansfield, and Marilyn. And okay. I sent that. I sent that into the question pot, and you did actually read it out on the, on an episode of Attaboy Clarence. All those what, many, what, many which, years. Ago. Which did I choose? I can't remember. Uh, I think you married Audrey, if I remember correctly, mm. and I think uh, you would be kissing Marilyn and doing uh, making love with Miss Manfield. I, th- I think, if okay. I remember correctly, I could be wrong, but um, but yeah, but you. Uh, as I say, it, it's not just with films, but it's with the actors and actresses as well. Apart, I mean, obviously, you've done Hitchcock and Cagney and things like that. The bit, and, and the big ones, and Carrie, obviously. But um, where do you stand with with Marilyn Monroe when she when it comes to Marilyn Monroe being an actress? Yeah, an odd one for me because mm. she comes kind of late into the golden age. She's always been, you know, I mean, my love for old cinema. Burns brightest, I think, 30s and 40s. And I think she doesn't really pop up until the end of the 40s. And she wasn't really a massive thing until no. 50s. And, um, you know, and slightly slightly beyond. Because she, she, she died in 62. But um, for me, a very much uh, a presence on the part of the golden age that is, is not where my heart lies. Yeah. Um, when it comes to what I think of her, she is, for me, I think a sex symbol that is so um she almost seems ultra manufactured mm. it's like she is um there was this whole post war thing where all of a sudden austerity was over so yep. they would promote you know sex symbols as pneumatic big busts long legs blonde hair pouty lips kind of thing and that's sure. never ever been my i you know my thing. i don't look at you know that kind of manufactured image and think wow that's yeah. what i you know i'm attracted to so mm-hmm. for me she was always uh, what what else can she do and the the films i've seen her in seven year itch and prince and the showgirl and this and all that kind of thing i think she's great mm-hmm. but for me she was never ever i didn't i never looked at her and thought oh my goodness i'm, I'm so overcome with desire 
to me, she was just a great comedian. She was, mm. a, you know, a, a really charming sort of presence on screen. People idolize her because you know, I think they really wanted to sleep with her or they, did, you know, had, you know, she was this fantasy figure. And for some reason, I don't know, I mean, I'm probably going to sound like a eunuch, but she was never that for me. She was always a bit more interesting uh, in terms of, you know, her screen career. Sure. Um, I never really saw her and lusted after her. Should we mm-hmm. say? I, I just always thought, oh, well, she was really funny in that thing, mm-hmm. and she was really charming in that thing, and wasn't she? She played it so innocent, but so seductive in that thing. And I think that's really clever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the fact that she, you know, studied under Stella Adler, and you know, sort of took it seriously, and yeah, and she burned really brightly for a really short period of time. But um, yeah, I, I, I have a sort of. <laughs> I don't have a great passion for her mm. or her career, but I totally respect her. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, um, I, think, I think her early death has sort of contributed a lot to her legend. I, I think if she'd gone on, I don't know if perhaps she would be as sure. fondly remembered as she is today. So, same with James Dean, I think. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's odd, isn't it? If when they burn that brightly for such a short period of time... They are, it's like when you stare at the sun and close your eyes, it's like you can't get rid of that yeah. image that's burned into your your retinas. I think that's kind of the way it is with uh, a lot of, it's like Chadwick Boseman. I think he, oh, he did great, great work for such a short period of time, but I think he's going to be remembered for dying young. And I think he's going to, you know, he's going to be remembered for being so popular for such a short yeah. period of time and then having no fade off period, which yeah. um, I think, I, I think that's, that's not just a thing with him. It's just a thing with anyone that's that famous for that mm amount of time and they they don't grow old they don't Kirk, you know, Kirk they Cobain don't tail Amy off. Winehouse they don't make uh, exactly they you know if, if someone has a long career they end up making choices that are perhaps not as well remembered or you know they age or they, you know um, so I think that's the thing with Marilyn Monroe and, and people of that ilk I, I think if they burn very brightly for a, a short period of time then of course they are going to be become these cult cult figures How do, how do you feel about her I like what you said there about the, um, I know it's going to sound quite callous, but uh, I'm going to paraphrase you here, but regardless of her her talent and and what it is, I, I, I think she's, I think she's a great comic actress. Yeah. A bit like, I don't know. I mean, this is not paying a disservice on her, but a bit, a bit like someone like Melissa McCarthy, you know, she's got those great comic chops and she can do serious roles and she can do them well, but she just, the, especially right. Let's take some like a heart, right? And there's a couple of mm-hmm. there's a couple of scenes here when you can see she's struggling, and that's not being hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's widely reported she was. I mean, I was telling you mm-hmm. off mic that I was reading uh, Tony Curtis's bio of the uh, of of the making of the film. <laughs> Ghost written bio, and um, and it, and they go further into it uh, uh, about that. But I think the comedic scenes she she does are, are really well done. I'm not going to lie. I th- I think she's a stunning woman. I think she's luminescent. But that's nothing new, you know. That she's been lauded. I mean, as you say, you know, she she died incredibly young, and that sadly makes the scene in the film when she talks about dying young incredibly poignant when you watch it now. You know, I watched the film today as well. And you watch that scene mm. and you go, oh, God, you know, 
she she's talking about living beyond what she actually lived and that's that's tragic you know i mean the poor girl had demons i mean at time of recording only this week we've lost another very famous person who never could conquer their demons in matthew perry and um and it's you know it's not dissimilar you know they shine very bright with uh, something they have and um yeah it, it's 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 a damn shame but when it comes to Marilyn, no. No, I'm the same as you. I'm not an aficionado. I've seen the seven-year rich. I've seen gentlemen prefer blondes and a couple of others. And, um, and yeah, and, and, and I like what she does. Was she the greatest actress ever? No. Was she ever going to win an Oscar? Probably not, you know. But but hmm. she she's good at what she did. And I think she's a very underrated comedic actress. Uh, yeah, that's the thing with her. I think... The whole thing that she seems to be remembered for is the image, mm. and I think actually there's a there's a there is a lot more to her if you watch her films. Like she sure. plays Sugar Cane fabulously, and by yep. all reports, she had terrible time remembering her lines. Um, Billy Wilder famously said, "You know, uh, there have been more books written about her." than World War Two, and they're both very similar. You know, and, and it was... It was I th- That's a great <laughs> um, line. It is. Yeah, and he said, he said uh, would you work with her again? And he said, uh, my... I think my, he said something along the lines of my doctor, my wife, and my psychiatrist said, <laughs> said um, no. do it at your peril or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, yeah. So he obviously had a terrible time on set. I think there was one scene where she was supposed to say, hi, it's... High it's sugar or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and she got that wrong forty-seven times. And Jack yeah. Lemon and Tony Curtis were having bets on how many times she would actually get it wrong before she got it right. So I don't yeah. think that you can see it as well. You can see in the <clears throat> you can see the the kind of spaced out thing with behind her eyes Sadly, in certain yeah. scenes. You can it's and it's it's really sad to see. That it said, is. if you don't know all those things, if you go into mm. this film fresh, thinking, oh, what am yes. I going to see? Then um, you do you do come away thinking she plays it really bloody well. She's mm-hmm. a fantastic actress. There are scenes where she you know she, where she has to seduce Tony Curtis on the bow, where, where she has to sort of shimmy her stuff and sing the song on the train, <laughs> where she's led on the piano singing the song um, at the end, mourning her heart out. She she yeah. plays it fantastic. She's Beautiful. a fantastic actress. She's yeah. great. Um, I think that the thing is with uh, Marilyn Monroe is that we're constantly talking, yeah, but look at her face, look at her legs, look at her hips, look at this nude picture of her on a beach, look at this thing. It's all about the image of her. It's ne- it was never ever about what else she could do. And I think that's it's unfair. the shame about Marilyn Monroe. It really is. Cause, uh, because I think she had a lot more to offer. And if you watch her films and ignore the fact that she's the pretty blonde, she's actually yeah. really good in I agree. everything she is. Haven't I seen you somewhere before? Not very likely. You staying at the hotel? Not at all. The face is familiar. Possible you've seen it in the newspapers or magazines, um, Vanity Fair. That must be it. Would you mind moving just a little, please? You're blocking my view. Your view of what? They run up a red and white flag on the up and it's time for cocktail. You own a yacht? Which one is it? The big one? Certainly not. With all the unrest in the world, I don't think anybody should have a yacht that sleeps more than 12. I quite agree. Tell me, who runs up that flag? Your wife? No, my flags do it. Who mixes the cocktails? Your wife? No, my cocktails do it. Look, if you're interested in whether I am married or not... Oh, I'm not interested at all. Well, I'm not. 
That's very interesting. I agree. Um, I know it's going to sound like a really weird uh, diversion, but um, did you ever watch the the show Quantum Leap? I did. I don't remember a Marilyn Monroe episode, but there was a Marilyn yeah, Monroe episode. Okay. Uh, Sam leaps back in time and leaps into the body of Marilyn's chauffeur, and yeah. he um, has to he has to divert her from something. I think it's from taking a a drug overdose or something on remote science. I apologize for those quantum leap fans out there who know this better than I do. I'm, I'm literally going uh, off of memory, but it turns out he diverts whatever catastrophic event was going to befall her. And it, it turns out that at the end of the episode, uh, you know, Al uh, Dean Stockwell sort of says, Oh, well you saved her. You did it. You changed it. And he says, well, what happens to her now? And he goes, oh, she she dies in a couple of years. And it literally mirrors what happens to Marilyn in real life. Right. Because that was always the way she was going to go. And they didn't want to mess with that part of history. And I always thought mm. that was kind of beautiful. Uh, that they mm. didn't mess with that. Um, it's it's yeah. a wonderful episode from what I'm around. I'm going to have to watch it again. Because I, I remember, I, th- I thought it was excellent. But... The, the the thing is, it's it, with people like Marilyn, or like we say, we like James Dean, or people like that, is that everything that has been said about them, as you say, yeah, what Billy Wilder said, you know, you, so many books written about them, and so many things said about them, you can't say anything mm. new, right? And and especially mm. with a film like Some Like It Hot, which is it's in the IMDb top two fifty, it's considered, as you said, one of the greatest comedies of all time. So regardless of anything you or I say in the coming, whoever knows how long, <laughs> um, <laughs> we're not going to say anything new. So I don't, I don't think there's, there's no point in going over our, you know, the, the funniest lines or anything like that. But I, I really do think that this film deserves talking about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because mm. there's got to be a reason why this hit uh, so many points for so many people. And it still does, yeah. you know. Oh, that's, that's I mean, easy to see. Well, it's 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 from 1959, and I, granted, mm. you know, that's not the earliest film to be in the IMDb top 250. But to be as high up as it is, I think it's 150. Uh, let me just double check. Um, 130, in fact, in the IMDb top 250. Mm. Okay. I mean, that's that's a that's a legacy of this film, and yeah. that's that's impressive. Yeah. It is. Um, uh, we should uh, probably start our conversation about this film by just, you know, separating from the whole tragedy of Marilyn Monroe. Yes. Because the, the, I think everyone sort of, every every time anyone talks about her films, it's always, you know, well, didn't she die young? Or wasn't it a shame? And, you know, yeah. this, I think more of a celebratory kind of, yeah, but look at what she did. Yeah. yeah. And I think um, while it is valuable for us both to say what we think about, Marilyn Monroe and her career. Um, I do think there's a tendency to dwell on the morbid, as evidenced by that bloody blonde film that came out last year, which was just oh, a, the an absolute um, misery fest. Anna Diamas, blonde, yeah, Anna Diamas yeah. thing. I never um, watched it. You know, no. I, I I watched about an hour and twenty minutes of it or something, and it was it was just relentlessly. Um, bleak. I, I was thinking. Yeah, it was just bleak, and then you know more happened to her, and then it got worse, and then she was abused, and it was like just she was hit, and you just think, well, you know, I'm sure there's a redemptive arc to this, but hmm. 
my God, you know, Baron and Monroe didn't get up every day thinking, what hell, you know, what, what's the worst thing that happened to me now? I'm going to celebrate that thing. And it was like, God, Christ, you know, I, there, there has to become a point where you, you say, yes, she died young. And yes, yeah. she had her demons. But look at what she did. And I think Some Like It Hot, rightly remembered as mm. a very funny film and a, a very good showcase of, of her talents as a comedian yeah and one that i'm happy to say that i'm really glad we rewatched. Well, i oh, rewatched sweet. this because um i i, I really <laughs> i really enjoyed it um Good. i'm gonna come out and say that up front um your dad was right to think this was a- <laughs> um i he think was, he i was think right my many things <laughs> He was. Um, I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I went back to it. I, I thought the funniest thing about it was the whole Cary Grant um, mm-hmm. um, rip-off. Um, I thought Tony Curtis did such a great job of, of saying, what's a great character's lampoon? Um, and he, he chose Cary Grant. And his accent is... <laughs> don't get me wrong, it's not perfect, but it is so cleverly done. And yeah. Marilyn Monroe is so funny... Mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing as this sort of baby face innocent oh my god i got myself a millionaire kind of you know it's slight gold digger to it but with a real heart i love the whole arc of the story yeah where um she she says you know i'm, I'm off men but at the end mm. of it she's off off in a boat uh, all the lines <laughs> landed for me i i just absolutely loved it i thought it was great i don't you know, don't get me wrong I, I don't think this is one of my favorite films of all time but mm. i you know but it's definitely definitely gone up in my estimation, it's definitely in my it's definitely in my top hundred now. I really, Wonderful. really enjoyed it. I'm so glad yeah. you watched it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll I'll put a spoiler in there as well and say, yeah, it's absolutely it's it's in my top uh, one hundred as well. Two things that I want to point out there is that obviously you mentioned uh, we've talked about Marilyn, um, but uh, and and Tony Curtis is, is wonderful, but Jack Lemon is mm. sensational, and I know it's going to seem a little odd, but if you <laughs> Well, we're in, so we're in fifty. Uh, no, but uh, but but we're in, we're in fifty nine. So fast forward seven years to nineteen sixty six, right? And there were some scenes when I'm watching Jack Lemmon, especially when he does that cackle that he does all the way through the film, and mm. I could see him if Caesar Romero wasn't available for Batman, he would have been mm. a brilliant Joker. That's a good shout, yeah. He really, really would. And you watch him, you know, putting on the, the heavy makeup mm. and the whatnot, and you just... And I was looking and just going, oh, he would have made an excellent Joker. Joke Lemon. Oh. <laughs> Not a fan of puns, but I do like that one. <laughs> but also is the fact, is that opening, what, 20 minutes? It's, it's mm. quite brutal yeah you get that these guys are poor and desperate and cold and hungry and they're just witnessing murder after murder (laughs) you know Mm. i'm laughing i shouldn't (laughs) because it's not very nice you know they're in what was it uh 1929 uh chicago wasn't it and and yeah that prohibition yeah that's Mm. harsh and yet they keep the spirits up they keep their spirits up with the banter back and forth of you know one is a dreamer one is a realist and you have that back which brilliantly by the way in the script switches halfway through the film where the other one Mm -hmm. becomes a dreamer the other becomes a realist well as realist as you can be with one dressed as a woman and one being Cary Grant so you know you've got to (laughs) you've got to take that with a pinch of salt (laughs) but I mean it's a genius start and a genius switch halfway through the film Mm. I must admit when I started watching this 
and I looked at the runtime and I was like, I could not believe this was two hours long. I really mm. thought this was a sort of 80, 90 minute movie. I had no recollection this was two hours long. And I remember looking at the, the runtime when I was watching it and and I was like an hour and 20 in and I was like, where did that time go? It flew mm. past. Yeah. It's, it's a genius bit of script writing and just pathos well, and just it's, pacing. It's, it's you wonderful. can tell it was a very long story that they've mm. literally chopped and chopped and chopped and chopped and chopped until they've got the absolute essence. And it, as you say, there's no fat on it at all. No. What I really love as well is is the the fact that it perfectly marries the sort of do, dawn of the 60s mm. style of Hollywood comedy and filmmaking with a very early i mean you got george raft you got pat o'brien you got joey brown you got you got you know you got all of these stalwarts from old hollywood who are yeah. coming into the 60s um not just that i mean billy wilder obviously um and sure. he's and the the great thing about billy wilder is that he's what one year two years away from the apartment so he's a guy that's been working since the 30s in hollywood making these beautifully acidic comedies with real bite to them and now he's getting to the 60s he's still marrying that sort of old hollywood sensibility aha isn't it fun isn't it funny there's a bit of cross-dressing a bit of comedy a bit of sex appeal you know Mm. with you know massacres uh, yeah. You know, and there's murders, and there's you know, um, there's danger, um, and you get that with the apartment. You know, the, the, it's really funny, and there's a lovely situation yeah. at the heart. It's a romance, and all of a sudden, it's suicide, it's a suicide attempt. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's, it's like, what the, f-? you know, and that's well, what's great about Billy Wilder. I, I'm yeah. so glad you mentioned that because I mean, doesn't that just go to the heart of our problem? <laughs> which we still keep getting berated for, by the way, of our problem with his girl Friday is that you've got a person throwing themselves out of a window and then you're expected to have a light-hearted, very fast banter comedy straight afterwards. You know, it can't the problem with his girl Friday. No, let's not, let's not, let's not, let's not. We'll problem, get crucified uh, again. <laughs> I, I, I've got to say it though. The oh, problem God. with his girl Friday is that the tone is 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 so fast, 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 fast. Death. Be serious for a minute. Fast, yeah. fast, fast, fast. It's like wow. It's just I so know. alien. I with know, Billy Wilder, it's it's there. It's underly. It's underlying everything all the way through. It, there's pathos all the way through. And when it hits, you go, oh my God, we're back to that. That's fine. I'm though. agreeing with it's you. It's been here all along. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. However. <laughs> we have listeners who will not agree with us <laughs> yeah, right. again. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, apologies, everyone. <laughs> but no, no, no. But but this is, you know, that that scene at the beginning, well, near the beginning of of some like a hot when they line up mm. an entire row of gangsters and they mm. have an arsenal of Tommy guns and they blow them all away. That is not yeah. a cheery scene. It's harsh and it's brutal granted they're all terrible shots they're like stormtroopers in star wars they can't hit a door <laughs> because lo and behold one guy he's still alive and it's like how did you miss him i don't quite know how you <laughs> did that and uh but it picks it up straight away and it's back to the comedy of you know jack lemon and tony curtis having to leg it and get away it does that supremely well 
compared to his girl Friday, where it's just like, oh god, nah, it, it it's it just doesn't work. But this one, it does. You know, that's to me is a superior way of telling it a story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do think this story has problematic elements. Like every sure. man in this, every man in this film is an absolute sleazeball. I mean, there's no, yeah. there's no honourable. Even you know, I mean, Jack Lennon. Our two leads. I mean, is, <laughs> yeah, our two, our two leads in it are extraordinarily leery. You've got Jack Lemon who is literally loving the fact that he's dressed up as a woman so that he can look yeah. up the skirts of all of his fellow bandmates. Then you've got Tony Curtis, who, you know, emotionally manipulates Marilyn Monroe into this <laughs> sort of, you know, into seducing him. I mean, yeah. you know, if you take it on its broad strokes, it's it's kind of, I was watching it thinking, crikey, you can never make this film these days. That said, it, yeah. it doesn't do it with... I mean, it's not mean spirited. There no. are moments. I mean, you know, when Joey it has Brown a heart, takes, it does, it does, and it, and you know, everyone sort of gets redeemed. Don't mm. go into this thinking, oh, now I need to watch this with a. Everyone ends up happy, um, apart from the gangsters. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, but even even the bit where George Raft gets the birthday cake at the end is a little bit like, whoa, you know. I mean, I mean, that's yeah. what I love about Billy Wilder is that. He he's constantly, constantly going. A he's sort of nudging you with his elbow, and then all of a sudden he's slapping your face. And you're like, what? What the? F-? <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> but no, no one else seems to really be able to pull off that sort of formula. No. I mean, you got films like Stalag Seventeen and Midnight and mm-hmm. Foreign Affair and Sunset Boulevard and all the, all these films that you know, I, 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 they they you look at the sort of log line and they're like it's a romantic comedy about you know a mis- you know a mistaken identity or it's mm. a it's a comedy set in a concentration camp or it's a you know a, a, it's a romantic comedy about Audrey Hepburn choosing between two brothers Humphrey Bogart or William Holden but yeah. there's always this sort of sort of underlying phantom in a Billy Wilder mm. film that's like don't laugh too much because this won't always be as lovely as you I think it's going to be and, and that's very much some like it hot is really funny film and it, mm-hmm. it's, it's I, I was laughing a lot actually tonight and mm. when I got to the final line with Joey Brown's nobody put nobody's perfect I did sure. actually think ah oh, you know it's a reason why people think that's the greatest line of all time but there's always 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 it's always you know there's a heat underneath it there's a there's a mm. there's a ghost underneath it that's that's very serious and as you say the massacre at the beginning is like it's tough stuff I mean that's yeah. tougher than most Warner Brothers gangster movies and the bit at the end where George Raft get, gets the birthday cake, should we say. I was a little bit like, wow, there's blood and everything in this. It's probably yep. visceral. Good old yeah. Billy Wilder. There's, there's, <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you about this because, I mean, uh, out of everyone I know, you, you're going to be the man to ask. But there's a there's a scene when they're all uh, sat along a, a long table mm-hmm. and at one point a gangster grabs a grapefruit in his hand and it looks like he's going to smash it into someone's face. That's got to be a Cagney reference, hasn't it? Oh, of course, yeah. That's got to be, yeah. I didn't yeah. notice it myself, but I would. Yeah. Um, 100%. I mean, Billy Wilder was a big Cagney fan. And would yeah. go on to work with him in uh, 1, 2, 3. Just well, well uh, it was also... Um, I can't remember if we actually talked about it in the last episode, but I meant to, is that there's a line in Sing and Like It mm. where uh, they're, they're, uh, someone, someone in the film says... Um, Oh, where are all the tough guys? And they go, oh, they're off doing musicals in Hollywood or something like that. And that sounded like a, a Cagney reference <laughs> Dig as well. Cagney, yeah. 
it was a <laughs> little, just wasn't it? Well, it was a year after Footlight Parade, so yeah, 100% oh. that was a dig at Cagney. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Well, blimey, there you go. Two films in a row with a little dig at Jimmy Cagney, but there you go. <laughs> the, the, as I said, there, there are... Is this one of the most quoted, quotable movies ever? I think it's got to be I up think there. so. I mean, the reason... Uh, you, you asked earlier on, it was like, well, there's a reason it's endured. Mm. This is a film that was refused a code certificate because of the cross-dressing. Um, right. And the, co- the, the Hayes Code were hoping it would sink because, mm-hmm. you know, it has no, has no sort of, you know, um, what's the word? Um, has no endorsement from our right. office, basically. You know. But it went on, and I think on a budget of 2.5 million, it did 50 million, which is insanity, wow. you know, That's in terms mad. of um, box office gross in those days, yeah. um, which basically uh, still went. Is. It, it, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, to, 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 to 100%, you know, 100 times your budget. Mm. But I think people were so surprised by how well it did, even though it was. A film that was so subversive. Who are men who were dressing up as women? There were lots and lots of sort of homosexual jokes and references, and I, I mean, it ends with it, it ends with Joey Brown taking him off to be married, you know, and and him saying, you know, it doesn't matter that you're a man, whatever, you know. <laughs> not just that, not just that. The, the scene previous when Tony Curtis goes up to to kiss Marilyn, and the, the, he's still dressed mm. as a woman. Yeah. The, the, yeah, you know, th- there's that. I mean, you have the world's the world's biggest sex symbol, apparently making out with another woman. Mm-hmm. Then Joey Brown taking another man off, and him saying, "No, I'm a man. You can't marry me." And Joey Brown saying, "Well, I don't care." You know, I, I mean, yeah. to be that subversive <laughs> in the days of the code was unheard of. So the code didn't endorse it, but the public did, and I think yeah. it, it was one of the films that they hold up as being instrumental into. We don't need the code anymore. We finally. You know, battled through that era of censorship, so it so sort of reverberated. That, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and that's why I think throughout the sixties, people were like, "Some like it hot's the film that did it." Some like it hot's the films that did it, and seventies and eighties, and oh, look at how funny it is, and look at look at what we got away with. And I think it's just built up this legend. Plus, it had Marilyn. Plus, it had you know Tony Curtis, and all of a sudden you had Jamie Lee Curtis, and it's just one of those films that just managed to hit all the sweet spots. In terms of culture, and, and um, more yeah, importantly, led us led us to nuns on the run, <laughs> <laughs> and to this episode. Of <laughs> <laughs> I mean the the scene the scene that kind of surprised me because I think what's the word because I, I I hadn't seen this for a couple of years, but it. I, I was expecting it to go one way, and I was like, oh, no, it goes that way. Is the scene where Sugar uh, comes to the room, sees mm-hmm. Josephine, and, uh, uh, the, well, the two girls, and sort of says, right, we're all going to the beach. We're all going for a swim, mm-hmm. you know, get the suntan lotion and whatnot. And she sort of goes, yeah, all right, I'll go with you. Jack Levin's like, yes, I'll go. And Tony Curtis is going, no, you can't. You can't. Trying to impress yeah. upon him that you you're not a woman, so don't go to the beach. And you expect there to be some massive fallout of Jack Lemon getting in a swimsuit and going to the beach. Mm. Doesn't happen. Nope. He Just has a work. nice wrestling match with uh, with Marilyn in the sea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's that beautiful wow. scene as well where Tony Curtis gets dressed up as you know 
his alter ego, goes down to the beach, <laughs> sits there with his glasses, does his Cary Grant impression, um, makes Marilyn <laughs> fall in love with him. And sort of you know, Jack Lemon's character, Daphne, she sort of says, oh, let's get back to the room. Let's get back to the room quickly and you know, let's see what Josephine thinks. You know, And they race back there and you expect, you know, um, Tony Curtis to turn up in his outfit and the whole thing to be blown. And all, of sudden, yeah. all of a sudden you hear him singing in the bathtub and the door opens and there he is, you know, sat in the bathtub with his, with his wig on. Josephine, yoo-hoo! Yes, isn't that here? Isn't that funny? Josie, I can't imagine where she'd be. Well, I'll be back later. Oh, no, you wait. I have a feeling she'll show up any minute. Believe it or not, Josephine predicted the whole thing. Yeah, this is one for Ripley. Do you suppose she went shopping? Oh, shopping, that's it. Something tells me she's going to come through that door in a brand new outfit. Running wild, lost control. Running wild, mighty bold. Da da da, dee dee dee. Carefree mind all the time, ever blue. Josephine! Oh, I didn't hear you come in. Always going, don't know where. Always showing, I don't care. Have a good time, girls. Oh, Josephine, the most wonderful thing happened. What? Yes. They repealed prohibition. Oh, come now. You can do better than that. <laughs> I met one of them. One of whom? Shell Oil Jr. He's got millions. He's got glasses. He's got a yacht. You don't say. He's not only got a yacht, he's got a bicycle. Daphne, go on. Tell me all about him. Well, he's young and he's handsome. He's a bachelor. He's a real gentleman. You know, not one of these grabbers. Maybe you better go after him if you don't want to lose him. Well, I'm not going to let this one get away. He's so cute. He collects shells. Shells? Whatever for. Oh, you know the old shell game. <laughs> Daphne, you're bothering us. Anyway, you're going to meet him tonight. I am. He said he's going to come to hear us play. Maybe. What do you mean, maybe? I saw the way he looked at you. He'll be there for sure. I hope so. What do you think, Josephine? What does it say in your crystal ball? And uh, there's this whole scene that plays out, and you think, oh, how did he do it? And then he gets out of the bath, and he's still got all his clothes on. It's such a great <laughs> gag, because there's, you know, in an Edward Everett Horton, Fred Astaire movie mm. from the 30s, you'd have this whole thing about how he got into the room and, you know, the pratfalls and as he got changed while he was trying to keep them out of the room and stuff. And there's none of that. It's just like, no, got you. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> it's, just, it's great. It's, it skips loads of the rubbish. Yeah. Um, it skips loads of the setups and loads of the boring stuff. Like, you know, who, who cares how Jack Lemmon got into the costume and then got into the sea? The funny bit is that he's, you know, frolicking with the girls in the sea. Who cares how yeah. Tony Curtis got back to the to the to the hotel room? It doesn't matter. He's in the bath in his suit. Yeah, that's the funny part, and that's Absolutely. pure Billy Wilder. Yeah, trim but it, it's also, it. <laughs> but that entire that entire beach sequence. There is no, there is nothing about uh, about Daphne. You know, they're, they're, mm. she's just one of the girls. She is just one of the girls, you know. Uh, while uh, while Sugar is off uh, meeting Cary Grant, you know, and, and that, that's that's wonderful. It, it's so so good. But then there's also the scene later on when Sugar is off to meet Cary. We can't call him Cary Grant. Archie. Let's call him Archie. Yeah. Let's, let's call him Archie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Shell, isn't it? Yeah, Shell Junior. And um, and he's left his earrings on, and obviously. Mm. You know, 
and you're watching them. You're watching those earrings all the way from when he's climbing out on the balcony and he's climbing down the drain yeah. pipe to, and uh, cycling to the boat, which is brilliant, by the way, because obviously Sugar has to go above and he has to go below, which is wonderful. <laughs> and of course, you know, he checks his specs and then, oh, lo and behold, there are the earrings. It's such a MacGuffin, though, because he just he feels them and goes, oh, takes them off. That's it. No Gone. drama. <laughs> Gone. Yeah. Yeah, it's a wonderful MacGuffin. So I I love mm. that. Yeah, I, I mean I, I I get it with you, with you being uh, the Cary the Cary Grant uh, fan that you are, but I mean Tony Curtis nails it. He nails it. Yeah, I was I was watching it going, man, if I could do a Cary Grant impression that good, I would have totally done his voice all the way through my Cary series. I did try, <laughs> and I couldn't. There's something about it. I can't, it's good. I can't sustain it for a long Okay, time. and now do so, Cary Grant. No. <laughs> I'm too busy <laughs> doing Tony Curtis. I mean, the, these days, mate, you could you could probably put it into an AI thing and say, turn my voice into Cary Grant, and it'll probably do it. Yeah. Never give in to AI. You wouldn't, desec- desec- you wouldn't desecrate Archie's memory like that. Not at all. But yeah, as I say, I really found the whole Tony Curtis doing the impression of Cary Grant Mm. hilarious because it's not like anyone says at any point in the script, oh, do an impression of an English suave person. You know, he's just taking it upon himself. I mean, they're set in the 1920s. This is three years before Cary Grant even got to Hollywood. So this is something that Tony Curtis's character has just decided to do because that's the (laughs) archetypal, you know, suave seductor role you know he becomes so synonymous with the romantic type at this point that you know i just do carry ground you know and it's so funny it's it's just it's so funny still, it's it. the stilted way of talking isn't it you know mm. oh there's my bucket of shells oh there's so my basically bu- uh, you're watching here you know it's i mean if you take it to its essentials you're watching a carry grant you're watching carry grant talk to marilyn monroe about mm-hmm. how impotent he is and mm-hmm. how he needs her to rescue him by being more seductive. I mean, I mean that whole scene it's is genius. just genius. Where's your shell collection? Mm. Yes, of course. Now, where could they have put it? You see, on Thursdays, I'm sort of lost around here. What's on Thursday? It's the cruise night off. You mean we're alone on the boat? Completely. You know, I've never been completely alone with a man before in the middle of the night, in the middle of the ocean. Oh, it's perfectly safe. We're well anchored. Ships in ship shape shape. And the Coast Guard promised to call me if there were any icebergs around. It's not the icebergs, but there are certain men who would try to take advantage of a situation like this. You're flattering me. Of course, I'm sure you're a gentleman. Oh, it's not that. It's uh, just that I'm um, harmless. Harmless? How? Well, I don't know how to put it, but I've got this thing about girls. What thing? They just sort of leave me cold. You mean like Fridget? Well, it's more like um, a mental block. When I'm with a girl, it does absolutely nothing to me. Have you tried? Have I? I'm trying all the time. It's yeah. absolute genius. It's just so clever. It's so clever. Mm. Yeah, it, as I I'm, say, I'm very glad I got to revisit this film because um, I didn't appreciate it when I saw it as a youngster. You can look at it as one way as, as he's sort of manipulating her a little bit, but... To be fair, you know, as 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 you also say, you know, she was she was saying, oh, I, I like a man who has money. I like a man who has a yacht or who wears glasses. And so it's then neither of them are innocent in their intentions. 
But yeah, to just turn around and say, no, after having my heart broken, I can't, I can't feel. <laughs> I can't feel. You better try it again. (laughs) I mean, it's so funny. You should see a doctor, a good doctor. I have. I spent six months in Vienna with Professor Freud, flat on my back. Then there were the Mayo Brothers, injections, hypnosis, uh, mineral baths. If I wasn't such a coward, I'd kill myself. Don't say that. There must be some girl someplace that could. If I ever found the girl that could, I'd marry you just like that. Would you do me a favor? Certainly. What is it? I may not be Dr. Freud or a male brother or one of those French upstairs girls, but could I take another crack at it? All right, if you insist. Anything this time? I'm afraid not. Terribly sorry. It's just, like, it, it, it's just it, it, and there's a beautiful, beautiful scene when, when she's, you know, she's laid a, a smacker on him, and he pulls away, and she's le- leant back in ecstasy, if you will, and he just goes, nope, nothing, <laughs> <laughs> and his glasses are all steamed up. <laughs> But it's just you know that every single man who was watching that in the cinema in in the fifties was going, "Damn you, Tony Curtis!" <laughs> yeah, that's so good. <laughs> oh, it is. It, it is a joy. Yeah. Although I I must admit though, we, we you mentioned about the um the cake uh, scene at the end, where again we have a <laughs> a mass shooting. You know, yeah. not to put too fine a point on it. For some reason in my head, I had that scene at the start of the film. I thought that was part of the massacre at the start of the film. And I don't know why. And so when it when that played out, I was like, oh, okay, all right. This is the end. And it was like, okay, right. So, And I'm looking at the time and it's like, we've only got a few minutes left. So where's it going to go from here? Yeah. And then, of course, you get the sort of French bedroom fast that a, a accompanies the end of the film but it suits this film so well it does yeah it's like it's like there's been so much like dialogue driven comedy mm. that yeah. it's nice to have a bit of a madcap thing at the end where they're sort of being chased around from room to room and in and out of mm. cakes and in and out of windows and onto speedboats and everything and yeah. i like the fact that you know pat o'brien just gets there at the end and he's like mm. throws his badge at the head gangster and says right that's the end of the chase it, it, that's basically what he's doing he's saying that's the end sure. of the chase now it's just up to them guys to get away and they do it so elegantly they really well do they really do and also <laughs> uh, as we say uh, especially with with the code being enforced is that to have everyone that even the bad guys quote quote end up happy getting away with it and whatnot, that's quite risky. Yeah, that's great. I mean, as you, as you say, I mean, the whole, the whole, the whole ending of it is just, it's just a delight. That's, mm. um, that's the only way to put it, really. There's no, there's no negative. There's no like, oh, I wonder what happened to blah, blah, blah. You know, George Raff gets his. <laughs> He's a, you know, he was a murderer. He Doesn't got he his. just? Uh, uh, <laughs> the gangsters, the gangsters go to prison. Everyone ends up with who they're supposed to end up with. And even Osgood and, you know, uh, Daphne, sort of, yeah, you quote, do quote, kind of Daphne. <laughs> <laughs> do you know there was a TV pilot? They did. They were sort of testing the idea of doing a TV show on this, and the pilot episode starred 
uh, Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis. Um, okay. And uh, well, it began with them, I think, in hospital. From from what I read a while ago, it began with them in hospital, having mm. survived their escapades and sort of, like, and then the whole story branches off onto a new generation of you know oh, okay. characters or whatever. But um, I, I just think it's really it's really interesting that. 1958 when it was made 1959 mm. when it was shown massive hit but you had two men going off into the sunset together and 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 there was no hint of that's wrong everyone was kind of like yay <laughs> yeah know, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah fantastic no everyone's behind them um i must point i i, I will like to add this is that um if you go on to the uh the summer like it hot uh imdb i mean mm. The the trivia section for that is bigger than like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, which are notoriously one of the longest trivia pages in IMDb history. Some Lucky Hot has got to be in the top five. I mean, dear God, okay. it'll take you hours to read. <laughs> it really will. It's massive. Anything juicy? Anything interesting? Nothing we don't already know, to be perfectly honest. Um, okay. uh, I do find the trivia section on IMDb to be slightly problematic from time to time. Yeah, <laughs> it contradicts yeah. itself um, you know, a few times. I find it a very handy resource for uh, for movie trivia. Whether yeah, it's 100% yeah. no, it totally true is. or not, I do too. And I have to say quickly, I'm, I have found sometimes the trivia section when I'm researching mm. something, I will go to the trivia section and I will find things. That you will find certain facts and then underneath them you will find facts that contradict those facts. And you have to say to yourself, well, there's yeah. some grain of truth here, so I need to research further, which is a, yeah. a very handy thing. So it's a very handy way of starting you off on a branch of research. We, uh, you and I actually talked about one. It must have been when we did we did Notorious, didn't we? Yeah. We did. uh, so w- when we did that, we uh, we were talking about a uh, Cary Grant, and there was there was a fact on on there that was very incorrect from what mm. from after what we talked about, and so I went on. I reported that as well. That's gone. So um, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Killjoy. Nice one. Wait, it was your fault. You told me. <laughs> I'm your curator. Harry Grant now. was in love with Adam Roach. That was not a not a wrong fact, actually. It definitely was true. He loved Adam more than he loved what was his name? The guy he lived with. Damn it. Oh, I'm not I'm not getting involved in that room. Thank you. That's all Rock, yours. Rock Hudson. Baldy. <laughs> Christ alive. <laughs> You heard it here, folks. You did. You did. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we could talk about Fatty Arbuckle again. It got you really uncomfortable last time I brought that up. You can talk about Fatty Arbuckle. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> it's fine. Michael, yeah, anyway. Michael Jackson <laughs> had his photo next to his bed. Okay. <laughs> All right, back to the film. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I, I, I think I think we're almost at the end of it though. Uh, but but something mm. I do want to uh, I do want to end on, uh, which we've we've talked about uh, a little bit earlier. But um, do you think that uh, because of the the Marilyn Monroe thing and because of her issues and because of the reported, regardless, well, depending on where you get your your stories from, a, a, a thing of uh, between her and Tony Curtis, do you think that Jack Lemmon has been unfairly pushed aside where this film is concerned. 
Um, I do think he's definitely third build. Mm. You know, third build. I, I do think Tony Curtis stands out more. I do think Marilyn Monroe is the headline act in this film. Sure. That said, I do think Jack Lennon. Sorry, Jack Lemon. Sorry, I've been on a big Beatles kick. <laughs> John Lennon. Now and then coming out this week. Um, oh yeah. But yeah. I, I think I, I think Jack Lemon is incredible in this film. I think he mm. is like he is like uh, a, he's like a living Looney Tunes character in this film, and it's yes. needed. I think mm. it, it, you know there's, some, there's something about the balance that this film gets. The the recipe is just perfect. You have the sultry, and you have the sort of innocent sultry romantic but still incredibly funny presence of mm. Marilyn Monroe you have Tony Curtis who's playing the straight man but then he's playing this comedic character as well and he's cross-dressing and yeah. he's playing romantic lead and he's you know mm. but he's also the, the sort of ne'er-do-well that's brilliant and then you have yeah. Jack Lemon, who's all of those things plus he's kind of slightly pervy and then he's like a cartoon <laughs> character and he's also in a dress. I mean, you know, none of the film would work if they all weren't so perfectly balanced. Yeah. I do think Jack Lemon does get shoved down because he's not part of the romantic ideal that takes up the, you know, the headline act of the film. Yeah. But that's not to say he isn't important. He's brilliant. And I, I think the film does him credit by finishing with him and, and yeah. that line. So Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But, I... Yeah. And I get it. I mean, I think that's actually a perfect uh, way of looking at the film is that the end of the film is you see uh, Tony Curtis and Marilyn Monroe in the back seat of the boat Mm -hmm. and you see Jack Lemmon and uh, Osgood in the front. And that's a, that's a nice little metaphor for it. It's sort of saying, right, it's their story now. And I like that. And I yeah, do, I really do like Jack Lemmon as an actor. I mean, this is, <laughs> you know, this is, this is nothing, you know, it's, it, this is nothing new. Me saying, oh yeah, he's a really good actor. <laughs> you know, he's multiple Oscar nominations and whatnot. Actually, something I was going to ask you, I watched it. Oh my word. It wasn't long ago, maybe four or five months ago. The made for TV remake of 12 Angry Men. And it has Jack mm. Lemon as the lead. Have you seen that? No, right. I haven't. No. no is it good? I really enjoyed it, okay. uh, and and the cast is amazing. Uh, but Jack mm. Lemon, you know, plays the the one out of the twelve who disagrees mm. with everyone else, who wants to learn more and whatnot. It, just for that alone, it's worth watching. Oh, and it's, it, it's I, a, I really like Jack Lemon. He he always plays this larger than life sort of exaggerated character but Ooh. there's always there's always I'm some sure kind of agree with that. really i mean because everything i mean mr roberts he's the same this he's the same glenn gary glenn ross he was he plays that sort of you know oh, i'm gill you know it's that, that character that was lampooned on the simpsons there's always yeah. you know he's always like he's never ever subdued he's never you know he's always slightly edgy very sort of desperate in a way um, oh, all right. I will but, give you that. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's he's way more animated, I think, than, yeah. than most. Characters. But I think that was his stock in trade. But yeah, the really, the role really I was really going to give you until you said what you just said um, <laughs> was is is his role in JFK because I that's a film that I will praise for t- from now until the end of time. But his I love uh, that and film. he's oh god, it it's so good. And his character in that film, he's only in it for three scenes, I think. 
and he's such a browbeaten, bullied man. Um, mm. But he nails. He has it this kind of manic energy, even in the apartment. Yeah, like he's he's a guy that oh, has to stand outside while everyone else so has a life. But I mean, yeah. you know, he's he just plays it as you know, he's like, he's like fidgety. There's some, it's, it's like volcanoes inside him all the time. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I really like about seeing him. I'd be, I, I'd be very interested to see what you think of the uh, Twelve Angry Men uh, remake. Um, cool, yeah, obviously, must watch people it people adore the original and rightly so because it's a masterpiece it's wonderful um and it, again i think it's in the imdb top 250 i think it's very high but the remake is really good and the cast is amazing so i'd be very mm. interested to to see what you think yeah lovely. Um, we must yeah. do that soon yeah well, I, well we can't do it on here <laughs> no it's too but i mean you know recent. privately <laughs> privately oh well let's let's yeah, have we'll, a private we'll watch screen. it in bed one night Oh, okay, okay lovely. Yeah. Wonderful. You can. Uh, I'm the big spoon this time. Okay. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> let's have a. <laughs> let's have a. Let's have a. Let's have a rating for summer like art, shall we? Okay. Do you want to go first? Shall I go? I, go for it. I don't mind. All right. Go for it. You go first. Well, as we, as we all know, that um, this was uh, this was for my old man, and so I. You know, he was watching it, and, uh, and you know, the, I've got such a weird brain that I'm watching it, and you know, it starts off, and my my mind's ticking at a seven, and then things happen. It goes up to an eight, and it goes up to a nine, and I'm just sort of like saying, well, if I give this a nine, then you know, my my dad will be my dad will be happy. And but I'm watching it, and I'm, <laughs> and this is such a good film. I mean, it's so exquisitely shot. And the script is, I mean, it's a Billy Wilder script and, and he's such a good director and producer that it's just, you can't ignore this film and it does have a, a, there's a reason why it's held in such high regard because it's so good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, this, this is a masterpiece. I, I can't say, I, I will disagree that it's, it's, it's not the funniest film ever made. How, no, it's not. It's a very funny film. But it's not the funniest film I've made. But comedy, along with everything else, is subjective. So that's that's fine. But it's it's a masterpiece. This is a ten. It's a ten all, all day, every day. It's 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 a joy Ooh. to watch. I know I don't give them out very often, and I'm not doing it just because of my dad. Because if I did, he would strike me down if I was lying. So I can't do that. But mm. no, it's it's a f- ten. It's it is it's it's a it is an absolute. Not a comedic masterpiece. It's just a cinematic masterpiece, and oh, my word, yes, it's it's a joy to watch. I can't believe I don't own it, but I think the reason I don't own it is because I never had to, because I just had to go to my dad's house and <laughs> I could watch it. <laughs> but I don't. But I think I will uh, end up buying the Blu-ray. I think. Um, uh, sometime soon, but yeah, what what a just a joy this is to watch. Uh, yeah, and I thoroughly enjoyed watching it uh, uh, this week. I I laughed out loud so many times, and and it and and I'm really a stickler when it comes to cinematic comedies. I I I'm a <laughs> miserable bastard most of the time. So yeah, so I I'm quite hard to please when it comes to comedy. But no, yeah, uh, great movie, great movie. Uh, all right, my friend, how about you? Uh, five out of ten. Yeah, it's all right. Thanks. So what are we doing next time? <laughs> <laughs>
I'm joking. No, no, I, 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 I had this scored um, on my scorer um, app as a six, and um, th- that's because of my naivety and my youth mm-hmm. when I watched it last time. But yeah, I totally watched this today and I thought it was absolutely a wonderful movie experience. I think the problem with this film is that it's sold as the funniest film of all time. Yes. I don't I don't think people should sell it as a riotous, absolutely timeless comedy. I think it's a very funny film, like you say. I do I do think there are funny things in it. But if you look at it as a, a story well told, um, with characters that are absolutely indelible, even down to Osgood and Spats. I mean, they're all just yeah. brilliantly written characters. Um yeah. and really great situations, fantastic writing, just really acidic and, and, and as well efficient, which I really love. Like mm. as you say, an hour and fifty six running time and it doesn't feel like it feels like a seventy minute film because it's it so does. well done. It's everything's really tight, really well done. And plus it looks fantastic and everything is just it just clicks and the balance is perfect. So yeah, I'll go with a ten as well. <gasps> because um yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a great film. I think the problem with it is that it's sold as you watch this film, you will die laughing. And you Agreed. watch it and you go, It's funny, mm-hmm. but that's not the appeal. The appeal yeah. is the ingredients. It's like you eat a cake and you think, Wow, it's it's such a delicious cake. But you don't you don't eat a cake and say, Well, wasn't that the funniest cake ever? Yeah. I mean it was fun, but you know, that's not the appeal. It's just a very tasty cake. I really want cake now. Same. Yeah. I don't want a funny cake. I just want a good cake. <laughs> Wait till you're in bed tonight. <laughs> My word. Oof. Promises, you're the, promises. You're getting the big cake. So yeah, a 10 for but, me too. By the way, <laughs> a, a four point jump for you. That's immense. As I say, I haven't watched this film for yeah. almost 30 years. Wow. Because I, I watched it when I was 18 or 19 years old and thought to myself, it's fine. That doesn't it's make sense. Right. You're 29. I think. Thank you. The diet works. <laughs> Does you handsome? <laughs> I use a, I use the sandpaper on my face instead of a razor. Anyway, yeah. So that's a 20 out of 20. I mean, that's wow. the second. Is that the second film that's got a 20 out of 20? Uh, the past got a 20 out. Of 20? Uh, might be the third. Oh, I can't. Oh yeah, remember. the devil. Well, the devil doll as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I gave that a nine. I was still. Quite reserved. I gave it oh, eleven, though. Speaking of, speaking of, at time of recording, the Devil Doll Blu-ray is about to be released. Yeah, I know. That's I bought. It, I bought two copies. Oh, it, it uh, my Christmas present. It's a. I'm giving one away as a prize. Remember to to for me for Christmas. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Guess you'll have in mind then. <laughs> I haven't got a multi-region player, unfortunately. Sadly. But um, yeah, I can't play Never it. Mind. So damn, damn shame. I'm gonna buy one Sucks and just look you. at it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, some people they get bought Blu-rays and given to them, and they just never watch them. And I don't want to be one of those people. So I do. You know. I know you do. It's kind of how you live. It depends. If it's a decent Blu-ray, I'll watch it. <coughs> Red State. Right. Okay. I think anyway, everyone, well, you didn't need to cough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before we leave, mm. uh, I I said to you before we started recording, 
um, or it might have been recording when we did the hour pre-ramble. I have no idea. Mm. Is is that we bizarrely we've done two comedies in a row, and both of them have a gangster angle. I mean, that was just mm. random. So I said, right, no comedy, no gangsters. <laughs> so nothing funny. <laughs> but you want something darker, right? I want something dark. I I, I want a, a golden age thriller. So um, what do you have for me, Mr. Roach? Well, I've stuck with Billy Wilder, actually. Ooh. And I haven't got a thriller per se, but it is dark stuff. <laughs> right, right. Um, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're not going to do the same to me as when I asked for a drama and you gave me Captain Blood. <laughs> I mean, dramatic, wasn't it? I mean, it was, you know, it's like Ron Seal. drama. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but listen, this is it, it, you could you could see this is a thriller. It's definitely it definitely right. keep you on the edge of your seat. But it's Billy Wilder, um, and it got him the Oscar as well, as well as his lead actor in the film got the Oscar for it. It's uh, the Lost Weekend. Have you ever heard of it or seen it before? Nineteen forty-five. I'm gonna look it up. It's a very dark story. Uh, it got uh, Ray Milland stars in the lead role, and it's about an alcoholic trying his best to not be an alcoholic. And I won't say any more than that, because if you haven't seen it, you're in for a real treat. And I don't mean, you know, you're into suffering, you know, you're a BDSM guy, even though you probably are. I am. Well, I know you are. Yeah. I, am. I know I know that from last night. My, my, but, um, my, anyway. <laughs> my, my list tells me I haven't seen it. Okay, then you're in for a treat, because it's one of these films that sort of popped up in the mid-40s, and um, very well awarded, very well critically received and uh, a big hit, but also tells a tale that I think even today would 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 be recognised by many, shall we say, fellow sufferers. It's a very, very good film. And a, a rare sort of non-comedic, but contains blackly funny moments in it. You'll, you'll adore it, I think. Yeah. Winner the of Lost Weekend Oscars. from 1941. Yeah. yeah, it's a great film. Wonderful. We will do the last weekend. So yeah, so we are back, and we and we have plans uh, for the future for uh, for all of us lines as well. Stay tuned for them. Adam has not given the last five digits of his uh, six digit code, so never mind. Four eight six seven seven. There we go. I thought I'd remind you of that. <laughs> I didn't need to be reminded. Oh yeah, you were going to do it, weren't you? I said four, and I said eight. And I said, uh, I remember earlier on when I said, you know, I nope. hate this nope. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Because you're editing. Are you, oh, Spokey edited all my numbers out. <laughs> but I'll put them back in, don't worry. <laughs> it just could be an AI voice. Eight. Call eight. back. <laughs> eight. Four. Six, seven. Seven. It's going to be fun. Well. <laughs> All I can say is, is I'm really glad that uh, this has uh, made you reevaluate uh, some account because yeah, I'm really yeah. glad you enjoyed it. I'm really glad as well that we'll be spooning mm. in a matter of minutes. Absolutely, I can't wait for it. I need my feet warmed up like Jack Lemon did by Marilyn Monroe. I want, I want you to keep your feet out of there. <laughs> I've trimmed one them. Request. I've trimmed them. I don't care. Not into it. <laughs> Fine. Spot, spot. All right, my like friend. It. I know you don't. <laughs> that should be enough to stop you from doing it. 
لا اله الا الله Anyway, let's not end on this, though. <laughs> no, no, I think we should. I think we should. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. All the best. Thanks. <laughs> it won't matter, because that bit won't be going in the show. <laughs> you can't re-edit by edit. That's just unethical. <laughs> It's unethical. Yes. Oh, good heavens, man. I called Mama. She was so happy she cried. She wants you to have her wedding gown. It's white lace. Yeah, that's good. I can't get married in your mother's dress. <laughs> she and I, we are not built the same way. We can have it altered. Yeah, I know you don't. That's good. I'm good on level with you. We can't get married at all. Why not? Well, in the first place, I'm not a natural blonde. Uh-huh. Doesn't matter. I smoke. I smoke all the time. I don't care. Well, I have a terrible past. For three years now, I've been living with a saxophone player. I forgive you. I can never have children. We can adopt some. But you don't understand. That's good. Uh... I'm a man. Well, nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>